I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Lodge number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine, because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work, you get closer and closer to the point within the circle. Masonic muscle, we give you more light, but no light weights. We're here to pump you up, body, mind, and soul. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today, we have two special guests, someone that we've been uh, getting to know for a while now. And without further ado, I will go around the house and let them introduce themselves. I'm uh, John Strozier. Uh Resident of Palm Springs. And I'm Steve Grasha. And who we have here is two prospects that have been, how long has it been since you guys been coming around to our lodge? I would have to say it's been almost a year, but uh, I heard you say September, so it's possible that uh, since September, so but there it seems like I came around before summer or right, well, at, right in summer. Because we opened up in september is when we were finally able to oh, okay. come back out uh last year yeah i was and, at the first meeting and, and invite the public uh, uh, back right mm -hmm. so september that's why i keep saying september right now since then you guys came to your first time was what state of meeting at dinner right. yep yeah state of meeting dinner and then after that was our trivium discussion group right so i'll take it i'll take it uh with you oh hold on a minute here how's that Okay, I'll uh, start with you, John. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm uh, from New York, and uh, my great-grandmother was a founder of Palm Springs, and my grandfather built the Plaza Theater that they just opened up. Who was your great-grandmother? Zaddie Bunker. She was one of the first pioneers. She came here in 1913 from Missouri uh, with her husband and her six-year-old daughter. To do what? Um... Well, she when she got here, she um, pretty quickly uh, they they had a car, one of the few cars here in town, and she did odd and end works. And she actually was there were there were five women. She was the only woman that lived in Section Fourteen. They had a tent a tent house, and um, uh, and uh, there was Pearl McManus whose father was the original Indian agent of Palm Springs, and she was here. All of her family died by that point, I think. And then there was Nellie Kaufman, who just had the Desert Inn, and there were the White sisters, Cornelia and Florilla White, which owned the property. They came here with $10,000 from Mexico, fleeing the Mexican Revolution, and the President of the United States had them a boat um, where they were in Mexico and brought them up to Los Angeles, and they said they wanted to come to Palm Springs because that's where the adventure was. So Zaddy uh, took a mail-order course and became a mechanic and owned Bunker's Garage. And uh, that's she started making her money being the only mechanic in town. Wow. And yeah. then you, what are you doing right now? What? Currently, I live in Palm Springs. Um, I've been living here for three years. I came here to because uh, uh, for um, working with uh, Emmy Award-winning writer, we're developing something. And um, I started. I, I do digital marketing, so I help businesses get found on the internet. Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's well, going on with you? Uh, I've you know I lived in Palm Springs for. Uh, for Almost 40 years. I think we're in the middle of the 39th year now. And um, I, you know, I've been involved in the community in, at multiple levels. And, you know, you get to know, you get the <clears throat> a sense of what's going on in town. And over, over all of those years, um, uh, I, I d began to develop an understanding of, of groups to, to participate in and groups to avoid. And... Um, um, about two years ago, I started looking into uh, the history of water in the desert. I serve on a local uh, water board elected uh, to the water board in uh, Desert Hot Springs. And um, 
during that time and researching to gather information about litig litigation, really, I started to understand that the uh, Palm Springs Masonic uh, Association had a very rich history in the management of water in the Coachella Valley, Palm Springs specifically, and um, I developed an interest from that. So that's what brought me in the front door. And now here you are. And did we did we begin our communication uh, through the email? Through yes. Our, through our website. You went on our website, and then uh, you guys filled out the inquiry form, and then we reached out to you. Is that is that I how that began? I think uh, for me, I'm sorry. For me, uh, I I think I ran across some tweets from uh, years ago, and I thought, oh, they have a Twitter account, and. Uh, and uh, so th from there, I think is where I, how I found the link to the website, and mm -hmm. then uh, and then I, I started reading everything I could on the website just to kind of get an idea of where where the lodge was today, and um, I thought this is an interesting group of people. I should go down and say hi. So uh, I, I think I, I sent in an email from there. And that's a good point. You brought up the the website, and uh, we're you know every lodge does the best they can trying to manage their website, a point of contact for everybody. Uh, when we started really, really uh, paying more attention to it was about 20, in 2016, 2017. And, and it made a world of difference because uh, traveling brethren would come down and they want to look for a local lodge to come visit during their two weeks or, you know, uh, vacation time. So all of a sudden they'd show up in the door and we're like, hey, brother, you know, how, how are you doing? And, you know, who are you? And so I like, well, how are you here? Like, how did you know about us? On your website. You know, and we heard about it so much that we're like, you know what, we got to keep up the website because it's definitely a, a great point of contact for us. And it's been working because I, I believe every single one of our prospects, and we're missing one, Shane, he couldn't make it today, but, you know, Shane, if you listen to this, you're next. Um, I think through the medium of our, of our website is how we initially uh, – had contact with you guys now yeah before i moved here i wanted to join mm -hmm. and so i did look up the website um and just because of my family's history i felt like this would be the place to if i was going to join and so yeah then i just sent an email and got a response very quickly yeah and anybody interested who doesn't know it's palmspringsmasons.org and we regularly uh, update it. There are some things we have to update on it uh, that haven't been updated in a while. But overall, uh, the calendar of events, um, the master's message, the, you know, from the secretary's desk, granting and ravings, and uh, stuff like that. So you can get an idea of what's happening from month to month. All right. So I wanted to ask you guys a number of questions because you have been coming here since September and you've become regulars now, right? And you've had an opportunity to meet a bunch of us, give us an opportunity to come and sit down and talk to you, try to get a handle on who you are, why you're, why you're here. So I wanted to start with what, so with John, you know, what, what attracts you to Freemasonry? Be, even before you started to show up, what attracted you to Freemasonry? Well, I just remember growing up in New York and in Port Jeff, I would see buildings with the symbol, and it was, and it's kind of, it, it must have ingrained into my subconscious, and I never really, I, I remember a good friend of mine going to his, to his house, and his grandfather was a mason, and so they had Masonic photographs and, and um, regalia, I guess, on the walls, and so I've, you know, been aware of it since I was, a, you know, a conscious kid, and... Um, then I, you know, there was a period of time when, you know, when the internet came out and you go down these rabbit holes and you're not sure, you know, just there's a whole bunch of misinformation. Talk about the misinformation, the Council of Ministry of Truth or what have you. <laughs> this, that, uh, you know, you don't know what you know till you know it. And so um, then I had an experience which... Um, I guess, uh, you know, kind of a mystical experience. And then I started to do lots of meditation and uh, visualization and meditation and really kind of helped me change the way my mind functioned. And it got a lot quieter and a lot clearer. And then I did some research onto what I was doing. 
and then it kind of brought me back to the lodge and things that um that supposedly freemason's been doing i'm not a mason yet so i don't know <laughs> and and so and then when you, when i got here and the people that i met it just you know dispelled every piece of garbage information that i ever came across and it really um you know with trivium discussions and i'm a I, I don't like small talk. I geek out on the meaning of life, and I found my my brothers, you know, people to, that want to sit around and uh, become better people, and then also talk about very substantial um, topics. And you, you mentioned trivium discussion. We'll get back to that later in, in this discussion. What about you, Steve? What what uh, what is it that attracted attracted you? Besides what you already mentioned a little bit, you know, you did you did some research, and you saw how uh, intricately intricately involved some of the founding members of of our lodge here were involved in the beginnings of this valley. But what are some other things that attract you to Freemasonry or attracted you to? Well, you know, when I was growing up, um, my, uh, you know, I was born in California. So when you're a California boy, you're kind of isolated from a whole lot of things that mm -hmm. kids from the East Coast might experience. My dad being from the South and my mother being from New York. Uh, when I was uh, a teenager, my mother said, come on, we're, I'm taking you back to my home, you know, to New York City. I want you to meet my side of the family. And uh uh, I went to and met my grandfather, and and she whispered him, you know, he was a mason, <laughs> and I thought, well, what is that, you know, and uh, that was about uh, all she said. Uh, she, you know, and she said, and your grandfather was a mason, and that stuck in my mind as some as if it was something she wanted me to know, uh, because from that whole trip, fourteen days in New York City, about all the only thing I remember about that trip is being told that. When uh, probably several years later, uh, I remember we were at the parade and uh, the Rose Parade in Pasadena and uh, the Shriners were out in their little cars riding around. And she said, you know, your grandfather was a Shriner, 32nd degree, great grandfather. And I, I remember thinking, what is that? And is this what that means? Is there, you know, it was, all, that's about all I knew about the Shriners was they rode these funny cars and parades. And, uh, I, I never really followed, um, uh, that path in terms of learning more about it. Uh, back then there was no internet. There was no, uh, Masonic lodge around my community. There probably was far away, but, you know, I grew up in Anaheim and, um, um so, when, uh, as, as time went on, you know, the internet comes along and you start hearing the conspiracy theories that get thrown at you every now and then. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm skeptical about everything that I hear. And uh, when I started listening to the different um, opinions that people had, I, you know, judged those opinions ba really based on the people that were saying it. You know, what is this, you know, would I believe anything this guy says in any other, you know, circumstance? And the reality is no. And, um, uh, you know, there was a, uh, an entire uh, uh, book, really, on that subject that I won't go into here because it just goes way down the, uh, you know, the, the, the drain too far and too fast. But the, the reality is... Um, you know, Freemasonry was and always has been an important part of American uh, history, and, and uh, that needs to be celebrated. It needs to be defended. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, learning everything that I can so that I might participate in doing that. Now, I'll, I'll, this is where I want to include all of us in this part of the conversation right here. And uh, great answers, by the way, because those are your, your own personal reasons. Uh, I mean, think, reasons... For being attracted to Freemasonry, right? There's this uh, mystique to it, especially if your grandfather or uncle or your dad was a Mason. And so uh, I didn't have that. For me, I'm the first, as far as I know, in, in both sides of the family. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of questions at first. Now, you know, 21 years, 20, 21 years, they already know where I'm going every Tuesday. So, Right now, guys, I want you guys to describe. You guys, we, we mentioned already, you guys have been coming here since uh, September. What has been your experience so far at our lodge? And you guys can go ahead and, and whoever wants to go first. 
Well, for me, I, I must say that, you know, every single person that I've met has been a very gentle uh, person and uh, gentleman and, in the truest sense of the word. And uh, it's um, something that is uh, uh, you find far and few between in, the, you know, the goings on of uh, the daily lives that we all have outside of uh, this fraternity. And uh, it, that's a, a real magnet for me because, uh, you know, in the world that I, I uh, maneuver in, uh, everything is very toxic. The people are toxic. There's just uh, a level of toxicity that re repels you if you're not fully prepared and, mm. and grounded and able to, uh, uh, you know, maneuver really uh, around the, 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 those kinds of uh, situations. And I found that, uh, um, you know, in my brief time here that it's been very helpful to know that uh, there are, is a group of people that doesn't have uh, the, the kind of motives that are so negative uh, and, and they gather uh, in the Coachella Valley at the Palm Springs Masonic Center every just about every Tuesday night and, and this is true almost almost every Tuesday night we, we gather here and um, we're gonna keep doing it how about you John what's been your experience so far here at, at our lodge everybody that I've met has been um, very uh, you know accepting generous kind and it's been a really um great experience i don't have much family here in the area anymore and i can see how this builds into family now we talked about brotherly love i have a brother sometimes you and your brother you don't get along completely but you're always there for them and you um and yeah, you you know, no one's going to get in the way of, you know, if your brother needs corrected, you're going to correct your brother, he's going to correct you, but nobody else has the right to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, you just you get a good sense of family, and everybody's very interesting, come from diverse backgrounds. You know, that's one thing that I, you know, uh, kind of heard that uh, this was a white guy's club, and that's not the case. At least not here in the in um, Palm Springs. Good, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's and and you know you, you we have these discussions and the trivium discussions and you know you get challenged and you know you, and and it's all very civil. Um, so let's, with that being said, you just opened up the doorway. And, and uh, again, I wish we had Shane. Shane, if you're out there, you know, we'll get to it as well. But um, what has been your experience so far? What was your initial reaction to this Trivium discussion group? Like, you know, what the hell? What is this bullshit, right? Or what, what, what was your, what's been your experience so far um, with the Trivium? Well, I, when I first heard you guys say, this is charity work. Like, give me a break. Well, what John, what John is saying is that we, we tell everybody coming in that this is our charitable contribution to our community. That, that's what he meant. So. Yes. And so, but being a part of it, basically we talk about topics that might be hot button talk, topics. And we do it in such a way that we don't have ad hominems. We don't personally attack each other. We listen to one another and we re react to what's being said. And over doing it multiple times, I realized the benefit because my interactions with my family's changed. My interactions with other people's changed in the sense that I don't, um, I'm able to be emotionally detached in subjects without going to places that, you know, in the past with family members, we would get hot and heavy about things. And I bring it back and just try to critically have a discussion without going to anything personal. And if if I feel like my my interactions with my family's changed in a positive way, and so it's 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 I think that yes, you do if you change internally, and then those interactions you have with people outside of outside of the lodge changes. Yeah, if everybody did that, the world would be a different place. And, and what what about you, Steve? What what has been your experience with the trivium? From the initial, you know, uh, session to now. Well, you know, I, I had a similar thought uh, probably, uh, I guess, at the first uh, meeting. And uh, um, 
I, there what were there 15 people around the table that that night and and uh, ha had a, a wide range of uh, diversity and topic on the topic that was being talked about and and um, there, there there was definitely uh, a sense that uh, this was something that was interesting enough to come back and experience again. And then the next time I, I remember coming down, I remember <laughs> I started talking about something. And, uh, you, you know, I realized I'm talking too much and I'm probably, you know, I'm probably over-dominating the conversation. So I just, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to let the rest of the group go. And uh, I tried to, even since then, I've really tried to... Uh, just let everybody share what you know their opinions on things and such. And can, can I? Yes, of it, course. It's it's a pleasure to be in a space that we can talk about current subjects and everyone's respectful and everyone and people have very divergent ideas, but there's a conversation and and you know in, in the current state of affairs, everyone's so polarized that that's hard to come by and that's worth a lot. And, and let's be clear about something. Because um, John, John and uh, Steve are making it sound like we don't get passionate. We do. But the trivium somehow uh, begins to teach us how to, how to subdue our passions and begin to, to go away from emotional arguments into using our critical thinking skills, which takes, well, what would you guys say? Did, did it take two or three sessions for, for it finally to sink in and you're like, okay. At least. I, I was... You know, I, I was critical. I was, I, mean, I was just using what I've been using for years to survive. Now I'm understanding that, wait a minute, there are rules to this game. No wonder we're so manipulated well, and, and, with everything. And, and like to shut my mind up and say, you know, often you, you want to respond and show you're not listening. I mean, I think so many people are guilty of that. Uh, all of us are. And, and so going back again to the crazy... A uh, statement we made at the beginning, right? That this is our charitable contribu uh, contribution to the community. Now, what do you think about that? H how do you feel about that statement and why we make it? Well, I think it's completely relevant. Uh, you know, in reality, it's helped to, to me to be able to uh, realize that, you know, not not everybody is, is at the, uh, you know, have, has the same ideas that um because you know for for a variety of reasons you know everybody's taking a different path to get to where they wherever they are in life and uh, we can't expect it you know it, 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 anybody to uh, agree on everything and but uh, uh sometimes uh, when we're passionate about something you know maybe maybe uh uh we should uh, you know maybe we should listen to why is it that that person is so passionate and what what's the evidence that that person brings that uh, makes us believe that maybe we're not right about something. And, uh, it, you know, it, I remember uh, it, during one of our conversations when we had everybody around the table, uh, you know, I, I completely changed 180 degrees on uh, one subject, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago on that. Yeah, I, Go ahead. I had experience like that as well. And then, you know, what is the purpose of the Masonic Lodge in the order of things in the world? And, you know, you start to understand that um, by having this place where people can uh, share diverse ideas. Because at first I was, like, confused. How does that work? And then um, seeing it in practice, you know, it's important for society to have a place like this. Otherwise, you know, you're going to, you know, uh, we can't just let the uh, talking heads on the television uh, dictate um, what is this society. Now, applying the trivium, because we, we've had plenty of practice, and as, as you can see, this is where we place our dictionaries. I mean, you listeners can't see, but we can see it, and that's all that matters. Uh, we come and get our dictionaries before each session, and uh, the dictionaries do range from uh, over 100 years all the way up to the present so that we can see how little tweaks to the definition of a word changes our perception of reality and because words are magic and not in the sense that you see in the movies but in the sense that it, it begins to shape our reality our perception and so that's the reason why we bring out these uh dictionaries and a, and a good one is going to have not only the definition 
but the etymology where where does this word come from so we can get a better idea of how it was being used at its inception so applying the trivium i want to i want to do a quick trivium here right now because um i shared an email with you guys right uh, and someone was inquiring and so uh what do you do with that and, and we're not gonna we don't need to put any names out there but you know what what do you what what do you make of that and the words being used and and what uh we actually do here so the 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 uh the email was basically an inquirer wanting to know if he can come to our lodge and that he needs to get in quickly or what was the i have family it, it, it almost sounded like he had family trapped in the building or something. <laughs> I have family in there, and I want to become a member as soon as possible. I think that's what. It is. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the wording of it was a little um, uh, cryptic. <laughs> so what does he mean, right? I mean, we're here in the lodge right now, and there's nobody here but us. So where is this family that that he's that he's talking about? And then see how simple it's 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 so simple that it's comical, right? You're like, wait a minute. When when you begin to pay attention to how. A sentence is structured. And now, if we take it out and expand on that, and I think, w what was your guys' conversation? We just had a, we just had a state of meeting Tuesday, and I asked you guys, hey, while we go into the lodge and have a session and, you know, conduct our business, you prospects stay out here. Someone keystones it, is going to keystone it and, and uh, guide the, uh, mediate, you know, the discussion. But what was the topic of discussion? was uh, whether or not the leaking of the um, decision uh, for the Supreme Court was correct and and um, who, you know, could it could have been a liberal, it could have been a conservative, who or what might have been um, the purpose of such a thing. And what were what were the overall results of that discussion? Well, I think the majority felt that. Um, well, how how did that come out? They, the, I, I I I was probably the only one that felt like that was uh, done at the behest of the justices to get the you know to kind of inoculate the subject before the decision was pounded out. But uh, I thought that was a little out there. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and everyone else thought. What, what was it that? Uh, well, that that it could have been, it could have been somebody from either side of the spectrum that for for their own reasons and um somebody mentioned like Ag Ag agatha christie right. uh what is that that, that um the, oh, and they're on the train yeah and yeah yeah who murdered well, yeah. yeah so i think the detective of that was perot and so perot you know would it be it would be nice to have an official perot detective to kind of go through this mystery to find out who did this and why and i think the country deserves to know um, whether or not the people, the talking heads, are going to find out or, or, or feel it's it's there's any validity to knowing, but I think that um, you know I, I think there is. Um, what's the motivation? Why? And like we, one thing though we said is is you know when the Ministry of Information tells us what what is the truth. Um, will we know the truth? Well, you almost have to go opposite of whatever they're saying, right? I mean, you you, you can't. You're, you're okay. That's if they're saying that it's this over here, then we got to look over here because it's more than likely that. And, and that's right. the scary truth, right? Right. There. Yeah. It's it's weird, and I know a lot of people, whether they're scared to admit that or or not, um, it, like in our gut, we know that's true. Huh? We right. we know that that's the way mm -hmm. it really is. So if they're saying, "Hey, go left," we're gonna go right. People like shiny things. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, and so that that now that was a brief, like a very very brief e example of a trivium, right? This is this is what we do. Did anybody get heated? Did anybody, uh, you know, uh, the, or, or did they hold their mud? You know, pretty good. I was probably the only one there that. I didn't, oh, I'm going to get in trouble here. I'm doing. I'm, I'm about <laughs> to out myself right on uh, uh, oh, national yeah, radio. Yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only yeah. uh, the yeah. relatively uh, staunch pro-lifer of the four that were in the room, I think. <laughs> well, 
I, I had a joke that I can't. Tell. Go ahead because yeah. uh, that'll get me out. Yeah. Of this. yeah. No, no. <laughs> let's, let's, let, let's let Steve here finish up his thoughts. So uh, well, yeah, well, and so you know, I, it, it was almost like, how dare you not want a woman to have? I, I do want women to have the right to choose, but I, you know, I feel like it needs to not be as easy as they've uh, made it, and and the I, you know, the the idea that. Um, and here we are talking about this, you know, and this is what happened during Trivium. And we were supposed to be talking about whether or not the, the release of the the leaking of the information uh, was, was the issue. And, and so we, we all kind of outed ourselves on the political part of the issue. And, and you know, um, that's what it really is. You know, we all have in our heart, uh, you know, the, uh, the way we feel about something. But it, because politics turns everything into, you know, uh, a wedge issue and this is the you know granddaddy of them all in terms of wedge issues because it's uh you know billions of dollars are, have been raised over the years from the pro-lifers uh politically uh, raising money from the 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 religious right to 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 fight so uh, you know uh to um to overturn roe v wade and the left has raised another billions of dollars to oppose it and, uh, you know, wh where we find ourselves as a country today that is so split and so divided, I was rather shocked that the court decided now to, 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 to make that, you know, to further drive that wedge between Americans. And I'm, well, you know, it, it, it seems like the conservatives on the Supreme Court just handed the uh, Democrats some reason to be relevant. <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit here. And again, that's a little sample of what we're talking about as far as Trivium that has helped us learn how to subdue our passions and, and try harder, work harder to listen to somebody when, when, when they're talking because that is what's sorely missing from most stuff that we see on TV. They, they, they just don't listen. They're, and they're pretending to listen, but they just want... You to hurry up and finish and wait so they can just hammer you and rip you, you know. So to, yeah, go ahead. to have a safe space to have this discussion, like I'm thinking while we're having this, well, this is going to go on the podcast. This is going to go out yeah. to the world. I don't know what I really want to say. Right. But I mean, I'm I become nonpartisan at this point. I just I I have trouble carrying a flag for either side. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there. And uh, I used to be a, a Democrat until. Um, Certain things happened with the party that uh, I wasn't a hundred percent behind, but yeah, it's it's you know there's real world repercussions for saying anything. I mean that they dox the Supreme Court judges. I mean you know so this so 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 going back to you know what's the purpose of the of the lodge. Um, yeah, the society really, you know, at times like this, we really, it's really clear what it is. Hmm. Um, so let, let's switch gears here a, a little bit and let's go back to some of your experiences here at Palm Springs Lodge. What is, what has been your experience as far, let's just say a state of meeting, state of meetings. What, what goes on for you guys? What, what's happening during that time? What are you guys seeing? So you guys show up and what's happening? There's uh, great food. <laughs> the, the quality Th of the food. Thanks is, to Hector. Is Hector, yeah, is Hector great. Mignon, yeah. I was actually on my own for Thanksgiving, and a couple meals back, I I was telling everyone, well, I consider this my Thanksgiving meal, because it was like being around family, and there were people mm. who recognize you, mm. and I, um, you know, have met people that are aware of my family being here. And uh, you know, my all my family's kind of scattered throughout the country, so um, it's just it's a great meal. It's always good conversation, and there's a a real sense of camaraderie, and it's a very diverse group of people mm -hmm. with different backgrounds, different economic backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, different families. What's been your experience, Steve, uh, coming here and having dinner with us, breaking bread with us? Well, what's that What's that part of the experience like? Well, you know, there's no uh, 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 other way to get to know people and to get to, uh, you know, the, the, to learn to enjoy people's company than to, have, you know, dine. 
and um you know you get to you get to uh, every, you know i try to move around you know to different area and sit with different people at, at just about every meeting and and um you know meeting everybody is is everything really it's it gives you an opportunity yes, it is. get get a uh um uh, an idea of what you know what wh- what what's going on at the Palm Springs Lodge and all I can say is anybody that's ever had a uh, inclination to get involved I would say uh, get moving you know time is a wasting mm. very good and we we worked hard and you know thanks to Hector Mignon and thanks to Jeff Gibson because they're the ones who who handled that part of our experience that part of our program and they're pros at it and it shows right um even though our our lodge is not opulent, it doesn't take that much to really make a great presentation. The, the setup, the way the tables are set up, has that affected your uh, your concept of what Freemasonry is? The way we set up the dining hall and how we how we set it up the the table the tables to yeah. di- to dine together. Yeah, I mean it's I mean you know you don't know what you know till you know it and you know going online and it, trying to figure it out what it is until you knock on the door and ask to be let in and sit down and and talk to everyone um yeah the experience is is nothing like what you what i assumed it would be i didn't really know what to expect but it's just um it's a very uh civilized meal with good discussions and you know varying points of view and people, um, you know, really taking the time to take the effort to be the best version of themselves, I guess, that they could be. Yeah, and then, you know, we, we uh, combine everything, right? We have music playing in the background, and uh, um, we, we have a, an opening prayer, you know, before we break bread. Usually it's the master that will get up and, and uh, you know, ha- have a neutral prayer for everybody, uh, thanking uh the God of your heart, whoever that may be for this bounty, you know, and before us and nourishing our bodies, we include that. And then, uh, you know, the whatever playlist we put on there to, to, you know, finish up because now there's quality music. Now there's quality, uh, you know, food, you know, quality libations. But that's nothing compared to the quality conversations we're having around a good meal and that's every month and now you know Hector is falling ill a little bit and so uh, I think we're going to go away from that a, a little bit but I think it helps it helps to establish the standard right that we have here and the standard is come come dressed there is a dress standard um, when you come to state of meeting know that we're we're gonna provide an awesome meal uh, for a donation and contribute you guys a lot of you contribute after the meal right by uh, helping us clean up helping us wash dishes many of you guys will be back there washing you know dishes slaving away by the time we come out of the the meeting an hour later and we do and we do work very hard to keep it an hour because we're not here to waste anybody's time and we're not here for you to waste our time so that's why i ask what has that experience been like because there's nothing like showing up and how proud how proud are you going to be when you finally invite somebody to come to lodge to share this experience with you right and 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 how they're going to be blown away like whoa yeah i mean the the i didn't really talk about the actual experience but we get here on time dressed well um and shaven and looking good and then uh sit down have a dinner the um worshipful master we have a somebody says a prayer and then we have a great dinner, and then all the Masons, because we're prospects, go and do what Masons do, which we have no idea what that is. And mm-hmm. we sit and talk amongst ourselves and do the dishes, and then, you know, just uh, socialize. And, you know, there's people who, the prospects, some from outside of the country, you know, some show up and then you don't see them. You know, there's a there's a gamut of that, and then when you're done with the meeting, you all come back in and then, you know, socialize more, have cigars. The fellowship begins. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. And and so there's there's a nice routine of that. And th- talking to one gentleman, um, I I said, uh, you know, it, it's probably nice that this is so con- 
consistent being that there's such uncertainty going on. And he said, yeah, you know, he's been a Mason for 50 years, and that's one thing, no matter what happened in his life or an exterior, that there was, that, that he knew what to expect when he came to the lodge, and it was, um, and, and it, you know, it was a pleasant experience. And the last time we were here, I think I actually got some, I don't know, something from the moon and the stars. I got all charged up. Well, the, the um, okay, so let's talk about that, right? We recently had Man Cave Night. And, uh, you know, I, I think nobody really knew what to expect, right? And that was another experience for prospects and members because there was, I think, a nice, there was a nice mixture. Well, actually, there was, there was you three who just received an application, and then we had six other prospects. And then the rest were Masons. I think we had 24, over 24 people there. What was that experience like for you guys? Well, you know, for me, it, it was a, it, it was nice to be able to, uh, uh, on a little bit less of a, a formal uh, way, to you know, hang out with uh, uh, the, the the master masons and and everybody that's interested in in furthering along uh, the the pursuit of bec uh, becoming uh, masons, and you know, I had just. I think the night before that, I, I had listened to one of the Rubicon. Um, uh, oh, the festive board yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And they were talking yeah. about the festive board. And I, I, the whole time I was, uh, this is a festive board. Why <laughs> did he call it the man cave night? This is a festive board. Uh, but I do remember him saying that uh, other lodges call it other things. And, that you know, and, and if, it, if there's food and there's masons and it's in a room and it, it's a festive board. Uh, yeah, and the festive board, the way that a lot of us, including myself, um, um, make a clear distinction between the two is that there would be more formality and there would be nothing but uh masons there and we would have an actual set you know way of doing things with toast i think there's like five to seven toast for the night i mean and we actually had some toast that night but it was impromptu you know it was just hey it was such a good thing to be around that i i made one of the toasts i think uh uh our worshipful master ted parker made another toast and then one other brother got up uh no a uh, non-member got up and and you know uh wished us uh well you know i forgot what it was but it was just a you know just toes but in an actual festive board there is a you know a set way of doing everything and to even finalize and finish the festive board so but you're overall you're right in what you're saying because you you saw that a rubicon uh, issue and also the issue of uh i believe um the southern california research lodge there there their issue on that month was the festive board as well so everything kind of like right coincided I heard together both of them and i thought well yeah. this must be festive board yeah. month on the, on the <laughs> podcast circuit yeah uh, i didn't even think about yeah, it but it, it just it just it happened. was interesting yeah. and uh, i'm definitely looking forward to uh, more opportunities like that i'm looking forward to a, a formal festive board too I'm and now now you know and what about you john what what was your you know overall that's the night that we were i think we were all charged up I mean, yeah, yeah i was i was notice i noticeably felt um it was a little um, electric yeah it was it was really cool and i was i i i um yeah that was that was that was great the food was amazing everybody pitched in everybody brought different steaks we had roasted bell peppers yeah. asparagus made a salad yeah, yeah it was and good. um just like everybody was just great spirits and um yeah there's really you know the the more I come here, and the more I'm surprised, and uh, yeah, I remember a couple months ago, I was like, I really want to be a Mason. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's it's you know it's work. There's expectations, um, but uh, you know who you know things of value um, cost something. Yeah, anything worth having, you have to pay for it, right? I mean, that, that becomes uh, evident in life. Uh, the, the more you live and the more you get out there, you, you know. Uh, the, the saying holds true that you get what you pay for. And around here, we, what we try to do is not mitigate the cost, but mitigate the cost. Because if we all pitch in, we can get that, that uh, expensive bottle of a scotch or whiskey, and now we can all partake, and we just reduce the cost overall, right? But... Also, someone's gonna, Steve's going to bring something else to accompany that, and then John's going to bring something else to accompany that. And now we're all having a high-class 
you know, a gathering for not on the cheap. It still costs money, but we we just elevated the standard and the quality of everything we're doing now. Now, um, oh, because we've talked about it, all of us in the course of since you guys started coming here in September. I want to ask you guys about other podcasts you've listened to, Masonic ones. I know you and I have discussed that, Steve, quite a bit. And you uh, you sent a podcast episode to me to listen to, which was incredible. Once I got through, I had, I had to muscle through the first 20 minutes. But once that 20 minutes popped, you know, they, it's like they popped the clutch. And it was like, oh, my God, this guy was great. So let's talk about a few. Just tell me about a few Masonic podcasts that you have listened to that have helped you maybe understand Freemasonry more or appreciate it more or not? What, what, Steve? Well, I have to say that every podcast I've listened to, and probably I wouldn't say that, that I'm, I would guess 50 of them that I've listened to, they all contribute something. And some of them are a little slower to get to the point. Um, you know, they all have a, 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 all have a, a little nugget in there somewhere. And if you are able to and you listen, you will pick something up from from all of them and uh, you know i think that's important uh first of all it takes some of the mystery away even if it's just a a little bit of the mystery it takes away that you're not afraid to go into a masonic lodge where you might Got think it. that based it on all of that scary away. stuff that mm. you hear from the the theorists out there mm. and um and so i think that over time uh, the, the podcasts and the lodges that are involving themselves to get the message out that uh, um, yeah, it's a society with secrets, but not, it's not a secret society. I think that you'll mm. see, you're going to see a uh, um, Freemasonry regain its footing, I think, in uh, American life that uh, uh, it had lost uh, probably mostly because so many people from the World War II era, you know, have left us. And, you know, now it's up to us. And so here we so, are. So you're saying that, that through the through the work of some of these podcasts, the, the Freemasonry will will regain some I, of their. Footing. I think so. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the just the sense of, of openness. On, you know, um, credible people speaking on behalf of Freemasonry, saying credible things, uh, dis, dissuades all the nonsense that's out there. You know, and. Um, and and the more that that happens, the 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 better for uh, the craft, I think. And what about you, John? What what are some of the podcasts? <coughs> excuse me. Besides the one that you sent me, right, which was um, from Texas, I think. Yeah, uh, Fort uh, for, uh, uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Yeah, are excellent. I wish I would have written down the number of, of the podcast to to. Uh, so I can put it, and I'll probably look for it or send it to me again, and so I yeah, can yeah. put it down on the on the show notes. But uh, he sent me a, a you know a podcast to listen to, and and like I said, once I muscled through that first 20, 30 minutes, man, I mean that that old man, whoever he was, who was like a member of like all these appendant bodies, was just talking about his experience, and he was talking about the egregore. Yeah, well, you know, so, but but what, before we get into that, okay. what have been some of the podcasts that you have listened to, or have you? Uh, I, I've, listened, I, I've listened to quite a few. I don't remember okay. their names. Okay, but um, you know, there's. I'm really into the esoteric aspect of it, um, as well as you know, um, really looking forward to knowing what it is to be a mason, and. Um, so yeah, listening to sound reasonable people, I don't think I don't think anybody who becomes a mason is not a sound reasonable person. I mean, I don't think you could get through this process without you know. I mean, there I I've 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 been told that other lodges, you know, each lodge is its own place. The lodge here in Palm Springs is a great lodge. Mm. Now, if I were to move to a different state and go to a different place. I don't know what it would be like, but um, I really like this lodge, and everybody who I've met is very sound and very reasonable. And um, and the uh, y you know, um, so so it's nice to hear um, people talking about the reality of being a Mason without you know the garbage of disinformation that's on the internet. And so, you know, it, it's becoming easier for me to be able to parse what is accurate and what is garbage and, and just, um, you, you know, uh, 
when I first, you know, you first when the internet first came out, it was like there's all these things that I never even knew existed that were, you know, that, that this was happening and mm -hmm. this was happening. I'm like, my God, are you serious? Is this even possible? I think that was all of us, right? I mean, that I think it it just blew your mind, and then and then it kind of uh, did like a reverse thing because now you were brain freeze because you're like, what else should I look for? Well, and then you these know? horrible things. Yeah. That would show up that were the memes, girls with yeah, it's yeah, like right. stuff, and then you, and then other stuff is like I don't even want to know. I can't imagine what it does to, to kids these days, growing up on on the darn thing. But um, it uh, yeah, it it slaps you around silly. And so the nice thing about listening to actual podcasts from lodges is that you hear sound people discussing why they care about masonry and what's important to them about it. And it gives you a better understanding of what Freemasonry is. And there's an element that's interesting that even Masons are still, look because the, the history is not absolutely written down in stone. And, you know, there are, you had a podcast which was great that talked about secret societies in China. The Taoists, um, mm -hmm. degrees that are similar to Freemasonry and that are 4,000 years old mm. and the connection to Egypt and who knows. So even the Masons are still are, are searching because it's not, and, yeah. you can't pick up a book that's the definitive encyclopedia of Masonry to understand all that's happened with it. What, what do you have over there, Steve? Well, I, you, you asked what, what were the n names of some of the podcasts, so I turned, oh, right. turned on my phone, and uh, Masonic Muscle, of course, yours is first, the Fraternal <laughs> Review. Yay, yay. And um, there's a couple of others here. Um, the um, Is the Fraternal Review podcast the one from the uh, Research Lodge? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're very, you know, they're shorter than most, and but yeah. they're always very... Uh, um, informative, and yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I could recommend that one as well. Yeah, very concise, and uh, I listen to them as soon as they, they, you know, they they post their episode. I listen to it because they're very concise and to the point. And uh, of course, they have access to authors and everything that they're working with, so they get to talk to them right. directly, and you get to pick their brains so in the sort of way. But um, um, there are a lot of podcasts that have shed light on either some kind of uh, you know mysterious aspect of Freemasonry or or dispelled some kind of untruth or truth. Um, so there is a lot of benefit to a lot of these podcasts when they're done right. Well, yeah. the one that, uh, you know, truthfully is most informative, I, I don't know if it's on uh, a podcast, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, app, but on YouTube, and that's the... Uh, uh, Rubicon Lodge, Canuck, yeah, you, you know the name yes. of it. Um, so you know, I hear, I listen to those off of YouTube, uh, and uh, I'm gonna look for it right now. Yeah, they're they're like an hour long, and there's got to be twenty of them. I know they did an eight part series, and then they 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 scheduled it to be eight parts. So they talked about the eight part series for eight parts, and then I think it went on for twenty. <laughs> I think they just I so think good. they enjoyed it yeah. so much that it kept going when they originally just were gonna do, you know, eight uh, episodes. But it's uh, very informative and those guys really know their stuff uh, about uh, the craft and um Yeah the the Rubicon Masonic Society right. is is the name of it. Uh, I think the the most recent one they just had it and and they replay it on YouTube. So you just go on YouTube, find it, and there you, you you'll be able to play all of them and watch them. Um, it was a uh, the method of building and maintaining an observant lodge, right? Right, which is something something that we're here at Palm Springs are are working towards is becoming uh, recognized as an observant lodge, which takes a lot of work, but masons are builders right we're supposed to be building and working towards something so we're going to start working towards that and and we have we've gone a long long way the last the well one of the last things i want to ask you guys is as far as podcast what are some of the things you've learned listening to this podcast uh steve you want to go first well you know it's it's good that you do this because i you know i i, I you can 
getting to know you for through your podcast it's almost not fair to you because you know we get to know you completely and you don't know us for Adam, okay you know yeah and uh, off uh, over you know over the threshold we come thinking you know <laughs> we're as good you're as good of friends with us as we are with you so it's not, it's not it's not fair at all but uh i will say uh, that uh, i know that uh, down as this continues to unfold it's going to be very helpful for the lodge and for freemasonry throughout for what you're doing it's mm -hmm. a very informative and uh you know you learn a little bit little little nuggets about the history of the lodge and different things that uh, have gone on and you think oh okay what, what what is one nugget what what is one thing you have extracted from you know the 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 three episodes you've listened to or whatever well i've listened to every episode oh, okay <laughs> uh, but uh, i i will say i guess uh, you know you start off every uh podcast with a reminder that you know we need to take better care of ourselves working out and whatever right, right. You know, and i've actually started doing that you know it was a little Good. bit of encouragement yeah. and that that was a uh, conflu confluence of th things you know sitting around uh, waiting for the uh, for the uh, coronavirus to uh, you know leave our lives <laughs> uh, I got to where you know I had to, to get out of a chair I had to actually put my hands on the on the chair arms to push pull myself <laughs> up and I'm like what is going on here so uh, I, th I, uh, I you know I started trying to, to take care you know and that was a good encouragement and it's been helpful uh, I, you know when I remember um, uh, some of the people uh, uh masons from other lodges that you've interviewed you know you, you 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 get to where you almost think you know them uh through their voices and you hear mm -hmm. you know you you know i've heard um a couple of guys uh on other podcasts talking about palm springs lodge about things they didn't talk about while they were on your podcast right right and uh, you know it's like well now i got to listen to every podcast out there to be able to know, <laughs> yeah. know for sure what i, yeah, I think i'm learning and and um fantastic uh knowledge that uh that's cheap you know it's free to listen to you don't have to pay a subscription you know there it is uh, i'm sure that one day maybe they'll uh extend one of those big uh, joe rogan size uh contracts over to you uh -huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well i think there's a whole list in front, you know ahead of me I, I got a ways to go but what about you john what what, what are some of the well, takeaways you've taken away from masonic muscle that you take masonry very seriously, that you're very well-spoken, you don't, um, you know, put extra... I mean, I really would like to learn from you your oratory concepts in the sense that you um, you don't do the ums. You're, you're very to the... You know, you speak very well on, on whatever subject you're... Uh, we're discussing if you're leading the trivium or if you're talking to us all during this uh, dinner. Um, it, I just I just appreciate it. And then with the podcast, um, you know, I really loved the episode where the gentleman who went go you know would go to all the various um, lodges and if they were not doing the right thing, he would give him a. You oh, know. oh, that that was uh, George Whitmore. He was yeah, our, he, our AGL, past AGL, assistant grand lecturer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was very informative, and it just and he, his passion and his care and concern about masonry really shined through, and it was just extremely informative to me about the type of people that are involved in masonry and how um, you know serious everyone takes it. Uh, it's something that is. You know, they guarded as as a child or something, and um, then uh, I loved the the guy, uh, the historian, who talked about the um, Taoist uh, secret society. Christopher Earnshaw, yeah, yeah, right. and um, and yeah, and every every beginning of everyone talking about you know getting your body together and meditating, and I truly believe that, and it's I can't listen to to that enough i think that mm -hmm. the mind and the body and the spirit are one thing and it you know you can't really get it all together unless you're you know you get the whole thing together now final <clears throat> the way i want to close this up is i want to thank you guys for being here i acknowledge your guys's uh efforts you guys have been consistent you guys have been uh you guys take a, a responsibility for getting in contact with us if you're not going to make it and little by little, uh, I began to see an improvement in, in the way you dress, uh, the way you dress, 
Uh, John, uh, Steve, I mean, you, I think that's the way you dress all the time. So you, you just showed up. No, it's it, not. It's not? Okay. <laughs> so uh, I want to take the time, and I'm taking the time to acknowledge you guys, whether you guys heard me say it or not. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for participating in our Trivium discussion groups because a lot of people don't get it. You know, and just like you guys, it took you a little bit to understand why we said it's our charitable contribution because we can easily write a check for $5,000 and hand it to somebody and, and be done with it. But what is the most valuable thing we all have? Our time. Our time. Yeah, so we can get our money back, but we can never get our time back. So that's our way. We're, we're Our way of telling the community, we're giving you this time once a month whether it's two, three, four hours, because you guys get here early, we socialize, and then we go, we break out into session, then we take a break, then we come back, continue the session, and then once the, continu the session continues, then we fellowship and continue the conversation. So this is not a one-hour thing, you pop it and get back out. No, we, we're, we're here for four or five hours just hanging out with you guys, but we're not, are we really just hanging out? We're, we're working, right? We're, our brains are working we're getting to know each other. We're spending time. Everybody's seeing that they're putting a, an effort, a, a better and better effort. So you guys have been a part of that. So thank you. Thank you for continuing to be a part of that. And how I want to put the cap on that is what would each one of you say to a brand new prospect coming in asking all kinds of questions? What kind of advice would you guys give him? Uh, John, let's start with you and then Steve. We'll finish it with Steve. A brand new prospect coming in or someone thinking of coming to Palm Springs Lodge. As a prospect now, having received your guys' applications, what would you? What kind of advice would you guys give them? I'd say take, take the time that it takes to get to know the people at the lodge and that they know you. And um, don't, ex you know, keep your expectations. Um, don't go on the internet and try to figure out what it is. Find out on your own and, and Take the experience that you that you get and determine what it is through that. So try to just kind of be a blank slate and be here and be present and get to know the people that are here. That's the lodge or the people. I, I, I agree with everything uh, John said. I think if you just you know t enjoy the progress that you're going to make from the first time you step over the threshold to... Uh, all the way, you know, every, every time you come to the lodge, you're going to, uh, you know, experience meeting new people. And, and, and that's, you know, part of the process that's the most, probably the most enjoyable is getting to know the people that are involved and then set their sincerity uh, about their craft and, and about uh, you. Um, and was it worth the wait? Absolutely. I mean, without saying anything more, just yes or no. Yeah, it was well, worth it, the wait. it was certainly worth the wait, and uh, it happened faster than I expected it to. So, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel like a wait. No. Well, well yeah. Once, once I, I can only imagine, you know, because uh, um, for too long, uh, Freemasonry's doors were wide open, and now that lodges are really taking this guarding the Westgate, you know, seriously, and 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 understanding the responsibility that comes with it is beginning to make uh, the experience worth it, you know, once, once again. Uh, for many, many lodges. I, I can only speak for, for here and a couple of other lodges that I know take it serious. And when we get to uh, discussing further what that means, I, I, get, I, I begin to see the, the similar, you know, uh, footsteps that we've taken. Were, were you going to say something? Or just, uh, I... I'm, I'm very glad that the Lodge takes its time to get to know people and vet them. If and when I become a member, which I hope I will, mm -hmm. I'm expecting probably spend a lot of time with these people. So I hope that they guard the gate <laughs> as strongly as possible because mm -hmm. I don't want to be, you, you know, you, time is precious and um, it, it has to, what I see is there's, there's people that gel and they kind of get it and then maybe there's people that need some more work before they come back or i don't know what but we don't want that i i wouldn't want just anybody to show up well said me neither i mean i don't want you guys to keep showing up but here you are <laughs> jeez what do i gotta do to get rid of you guys yeah. were you gonna say something steve no no and 
you know, th there's a whole conversation unto itself, right, guarding the Westgate and then what you guys have witnessed, what you guys have observed, and now, now understanding now from your experience, like what you just said, right, I hope people are guarding the Westgate because who are we letting in? Uh, through our doors and uh we just got we just got an example through one of the emails i shared right and, and so um when we don't pay attention it's ah you know it, it can easily go that way ah, let's just call him up see what he's about and you know in reality should we we, we can stop it right now I'm done you know they thank you but no thank you we're busy enough with what we got going on and who we got showing up that we don't need and and uh and and the the ability to do that takes strength, strength of character, and and knowing that you're going to be held accountable for that decision that you made. But that's what it's about. That's what's what well, it's not all about that, but a lot of it is just about that. Is there any? Let's go around the horn here, man. And it's um, let's just go uh, before we close up. Uh, gratitude. What are you guys grateful for? And then last words. All right. What are you what are you grateful for today, man? I'm grateful I got my fingers and my toes. <laughs> I'm grateful that there's electricity on in my house. Oh, all right. And that I had water to drink and that um, I don't have to run around the streets naked because I got clothes on. I'm grateful for the most simplest things and I'm very grateful to be here and to hand in my application. And um, I had some great news that happened today. It just seems like sync synchronicity uh goes with with um all of this so i'm just i'm just grateful to uh to be alive and to be here nice steve what are you grateful for well uh i'm grateful for the opportunity to participate uh this seems like a great group of people and i'm looking forward uh, you know at, at every opportunity to, to participate more and and uh, i know that's part of the uh process and i'm looking mm -hmm. forward to it that's part of the process here and as you can see we're sitting down inside the library and the pictures that you see above are past masters, right? Uh, my goofy picture's over here somewhere. You know? Right there. Yeah, I mean, look at that thing. Jeez. That was my first time I was master here back in 2010. I think I was like 38 years old. And uh, there was a lot of excitement in the air during that time. And then my, my, one of my very good friends, Luther Wood, uh, later on, uh, was, uh, became past master. And then you see there, you see Bill Sullivan. Yeah, there, there he is. Bunch of good guys here. Bunch of good guys. Uh, they all dedicated massive amounts of time and effort, especially to get to the East because there's a lot of memory work to be done. And that's countless hours and hours and months of work because then you have to, once you memorize it, it's not over. You got to come and combine that with all the uh, floor work that comes with it. And, you know, if you guys become uh, members, you guys will see what we mean by that. You guys will be able to say, oh, wow, I, I get it now. And, you know, just like uh, Brother Andrew Hammer put it down in his book, um, in order for a Blue Lodge Mason and Blue Lodge Masons in a lodge to have a really good functioning and efficient lodge, you have to have incredible focus on our symbols, you know, and what, what they mean, how the lodge works, and it's administration. That's it. But you know how much work that is? That's, he made it sound simple because that over years and years of research, he distilled it down to its bare bones. Right. And if you, if a lodge doesn't have those things in order and has focus on that, that's, then you don't have to wonder why the lodge is suffering. You know, that's why. Because they didn't focus on those things. So with that being said, gentlemen, thank you, and let's, let's close this baby out. These strong sections are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of subduing our passions and improving ourselves in masonry, feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue, endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge, and understanding, effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom. <laughs>